the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The Nick D Podcast. How are you? I am Nick DeGilio. I am your host of the Nick D Podcast here at the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Episode number 219. We drop on a Tuesday. We hope you listen on a Tuesday. Please tell all your friends and neighbors and uh, enemies and everybody that you should share and you should listen and and uh, you should subscribe to the Nick D Podcast here at Radio Misfits. Radio Misfits Podcast Network is the best podcast network on the planet with tons of varying and entertaining and informative and funny and dramatic and musical and lovely and amazing podcast. And I am honored to be a part of this network. Ed Sill is the man who runs it. He rules. Without him, no one would, ha- no one would be happy. That's kind of the way I look at it. Jason Skaggs personally does all the music and the themes and the sounds and the audio and the weirdness on my podcast. He's an incredible dude, Jason Skaggs, incredibly gifted. Esmeralda Leon is my partner. We'll talk to her later. Everybody involved in this podcast is amazing, and I'm thrilled to, uh, to have been a part of the uh, podcast network for over two years now. Hey, would you like to be a part of this podcast network? Well, you should, because you should sponsor this very podcast. The Nick D Podcast is, is very popular. Lots and lots of people listen to it. So if you've got something you want to advertise, you got a business or something, and you want to be a sponsor, a lot of people will listen. It'll be good for you. So drop us a note and say, I would like to advertise and be a sponsor of the Nick D Podcast. Do that. Send the note to sales at radiomisfits.com, and our sales department will get back to you, and let's hook it up. Be a sponsor here, sales at radiomisfits.com. In general, if you just want to listen to the podcast and be a part of it, we have a voicemail system that's set up and an email system that's set up for you anytime, 24-7. We love to hear from you. I listen to every single email that we get. I play many of them back here on the podcast, and I read every email that I get. Questions, comments, contributions, concerns, anything at all. Questions for our regular guests and our experts in the world of film or TV or wrestling or the For the People guys with their consumer questions or any of that. Comments for me or Esmeralda or anybody who drops by the podcast. Questions, concerns, anything you want to say or write about, do it. We have a voicemail system that's set up for 24-7, 3 o'clock in the morning, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 6 o'clock at night, any day of the week. 24-7-773-417-6948. I encourage everybody to call us and leave those messages, and we'll play some of them back on the the show here. 773-417-6948, or drop us an email with any questions or comments or a megaphone uh, request as well. The Nick D Podcast, that's what this is. So email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. And again, my thanks to Jason Skaggs and Ed. Please take the time to rate and review us on every platform. Share us. It's the Nick T Podcast, and you are here for episode number 219. You know who else is here? The great Dan Feinberg, a great regular guest that we have on every other week to talk TV. There's always a ton of TV to talk about, thanks to the 9,000 streaming services, the 47 million cable channels, and the way that everybody watches television in so many different ways. Lots and lots of content. So Dan is here for to help us sift through all of the television and the streaming shows that we can watch 
tell you what's good, tell you what's bad. He writes for The Hollywood Reporter. He also has a website called The Fine Print, and it's spelled F-I-E-N, because that's how Feinberg is spelled. The great Dan Feinberg, who joins me every couple of weeks to talk TV. Uh, we get a lot of great uh, comments about Dan. Fantastic. He really is the most knowledgeable TV person in the world and the best TV critic on the planet, and I am lucky to have him as a regular guest. So another great, cool, fun visit with Dan Feinberg talking about your favorite thing, that's TV. So Dan Feinberg will be joining me. And, of course, Esmeralda Leon will join me. She's my partner in crime. I've known her for many years. She's fantastic. She's awesome. Great insight, great personality. Love having conversations. Just shooting the shit with Esmeralda. She's the best, and I do it on every podcast. I'm lucky enough to have her as my regular guest. We are going to finish up um, Celebrities That Everybody Hates. We'll uh, get into that. We might get into some food myths. And then our final snacks on our snack tour of Poland will happen on this episode. We have been uh, touring Poland and tasting all the great snacks and learning about it and reading fun facts and playing some games and stuff like that. Thanks to Universal Yums. Universalyums.com is a great um, website that offers you a monthly package of snacks from different parts of the world uh, where you can go through a bunch of snacks and taste test them. So we're telling you about all these great snacks, telling you how to get them, where they're available. And you should check out Universal Yums if you want to have as much fun as Esmeralda and I have. Uh, So we'll finish up our snack tour of Poland. So that's what's coming up. On uh, the episode today, and uh, and uh, and yeah, and uh, it's it's a new week. Well, for me it is. I don't know when you're listening to this, but we record this at the beginning of the week, and it drops on a Tuesday, so it's a new week. New movies, all kinds of stuff. That's all coming up for reviews. And I talked about on the last podcast just how terrible movies are at the beginning of the year, and that's uh, that continues. And I also mentioned I got some interesting, um, a couple of interesting feedback and a little bit of email about how how how. Um, how it's interesting to be a movie critic, and uh, you know, I've been doing it for a very long time. I've been a professional movie critic for about thirty-eight years now, and uh, and I did mention just briefly, just offhand, I was just talking, and I mentioned briefly that uh, you have to put up with a lot of idiocy when you go to movie screenings. Yeah, you do. <laughs> I'll give you details if you know me. That's about all. <laughs> and if you know me, then you probably know <laughs> the stories I will tell you about some of the morons that uh, I deal with on a regular basis. It's pretty funny. Anyway, but it was funny. I got a nice reaction, an interesting reaction, some inside reaction from people who are also film critics who are like, yeah, I agree with you. Wow. So anyway, it's fun. It is. Trust me. It is. Anyway, uh, so uh, Ezreal coming up, uh, Dan Feinberg talking TV coming Hi, up. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Speaking of TV, one of the greatest TV icons of all time lives on my back porch and makes T-shirts. I love you, Carrie Russell. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. All right, it is the Nick D Podcast, episode uh, number 219. And again, you should check out our uh, our streaming service here that you can listen to 24-7. That's uh, RadioMisfits.live. We can hear every episode of every podcast. You can hear great unheard music from unsigned bands. You can hear this podcast every day at uh, 3 p.m. Central. You can hear my other podcast, which is all about Saturday Night Live. That show hasn't been funny in years, an SNL podcast. You can hear that every day at 9 a.m. Central. It's all free. It's just like radio, only it's a lot goddamn cooler. Radiomisfits.live. You want to be a sponsor on this podcast? Lots of people listen to this podcast. Really? So be a sponsor. Advertise with us. Sales at Radiomisfits.com. Drop us a line. Say, I want to be an advertiser on the Nick T podcast. It'll be good for you. Sales at Radiomisfits.com. In general, you just want to leave a voicemail 24-7. Anytime you want to say anything, 773-417-6948. You can drop us an email anytime you want with your comments or your questions or any of that stuff. NickDPodcast at gmail.com. And thanks to Jason Skaggs for all the music and the sound and all that cool stuff. Please take the time to rate and review us on every platform. Ed Sell is the man in charge, and he rules, and that's what's happening on the Nick D Podcast today. 
Dan Feinberg from The Hollywood Reporter, and we're going to talk all kinds of TV right after I tell you. Congratulations to you. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh, yeah. Don't be a jackoff. Yes, Dan Feinberg. We love to talk television. We love to talk television with Dan Feinberg. Every other week, Dan joins us. There's so much TV out there. There's too much TV, which, you know, we discuss every single time Dan is here. But it's time to catch up on some TV talk, and here is Dan. Hello, Dan. Hello, Nick. How are you, sir? There's too much TV, Nick. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've established that. It just keeps on coming. It won't stop. It just won't won't stop. It won't, and and you know some of it is good, and lots of it is bad, and yeah. uh, and yeah, lots and lots of TV. But hey, you know, beats the alternative. That's right, absolutely. Uh, Dan, uh, some of the outlets. Well, one of the big the big outlet is the Hollywood Reporter, for which he writes and has a podcast, and also the Fine Print. F I E N is how he spells it. The Fine Print is like the hub for everything Dan Feinberg. Uh, so you should definitely check that out. And I mentioned a podcast that you do, and we always like to talk about it right at the beginning of the visits. It's TV's Top 5. So tell us about, uh, about that podcast and the latest one that everybody can listen to. Indeed. Uh, so yes, TV's Top 5 is the Hollywood Reporter's TV podcast. I host it with Leslie Goldberg, my THR colleague. And we basically go through the week's television news. There's a, a review segment at the end, uh, usually an interview of some sort. Lately, there's been enough news that we've been talking to colleagues about stuff. So for example, this week, we talked with one of our great business reporters about what was announced last week. The uh, ESPN, Warner Brothers, yeah. Fox, joint sports streaming site, which... Yeah, uh, I'm trying to we- remember what, what Seth's joke was last night, because uh, <laughs> Seth did a joke last night on... Uh, uh, um. Well, uh, well, I've just revealed that uh, <laughs> that we were recording this at a different time. But anyway, <gasps> Seth, Meyers, Seth Meyers did a fantastic joke during his top monologue um, about the... I can't remember what it was. It's it's definitely a kind of fascinating thing, and it really does have the potential for many people to genuinely be a cable killer. And yeah, so we talked about that with one of our colleagues this week, but, you know, had the usual conversations about chaos at SNL. Uh, we answered some mail, et cetera, et cetera. So yes, yeah. that is TV's top five, and that drops every Friday. And I bet we're going to talk about chaos on SNL here yeah. as well. Well, we may, as well get, we may as well just leave with that really quickly and get it out of the way. Uh, so anyway, TV's top five. Every new, uh, every Friday, a new episode drops, and you should check it out. One of the things I want to talk about um, uh, that you covered on TV's top five, uh, we can do um, after we talk just briefly about SNL and some of the stuff they've done. Um, I, uh, on the whole, the last episode, I loved. Um, I, I thought it was very, very funny, and I thought, uh, Jesus Christ, why am I blanking on her name? From uh, from Iowa Debris. 
Yes, from uh, I, I say beef, and of course bottoms because I loved I loved her so much in bottoms. I mean, and she's once great. again, and, and once again, we do this every single time. It is not beef; it is the bear, but it is a logical confusion. To beef. Make. I said beef. It's bear. You did. Yes, it's sorry, the bear. Jesus Christ, didn't I? <laughs> Because it's about I feel like beef. We've, yeah. we, we've now done this, I, I swear, like 10 times in the past two months. I know. I, geez, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> but anyway, I thought for the most part that episode was really, I thought the sketches were, I thought she killed. I thought she was fantastic. Um, I loved the Cats in the Cradle, uh, Sarah Sherman doing Colin Joe's son <laughs> thing. I about fell off the couch laughing during that. But the cold open, someone showed up during the cold open and I went, What? Um, uh, so, and then like who, who's hosting when they come back? Like what? Uh, so you, would you care to, <laughs> those were the two moments during that otherwise terrific episode where I was like, what the hell is happening right now? Uh, the cold open, I was astonished. And then oh. when they went to the first commercial break and I saw who would be hosting after a couple of weeks off, I went, what the hell is going on? So um, those are a couple of things. Were there more things about the implosion that you wanted to mention? No, that, no that was enough. I mean, yeah. I, I, yeah. I stopped watching on Saturday night after the announcement of the next new okay. host. And then, and, then I, and then I went back and I, you know, I sort, of got, I sort of got over my annoyance and I watched the rest of the show. And as you say, Io Debery was fantastic. She is, she's she is incredible. She's, she's exactly the kind of person who, in a different moment, could have been the best member of a cast of SNL. And so, you no, know, she, she's got the, she was born. She was born for the show. There's no totally. question. No question. She has she has the right background. She has the yep. right attitude. She wasn't one of those hosts who you got the feeling was reading off of cue cards or didn't know their material. She was engaged like the like the strange sketch with the hypnotist. I'm not even completely yeah. sure what it was, but she yeah. was so engaged in that yeah. sketch. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I, but uh, but. And yet, I I don't know how she allowed herself to be involved in the cold open. That, to me, was bad management by her people. Someone yeah. should have told her, you want to stay as far away from that as possible. I it's been long it, enough. <laughs> I thought because of what she said and confronted uh, this, well, Nikki Haley is who we're talking about, uh, who <laughs> shockingly and, and appallingly appeared during the cold open. But I thought maybe she was like, okay, I'll, I'll do this, but, uh, you know, like, I'll appear on this show that she's going to be on, but I want to confront her with this question. And even though it wasn't, even though it was written, you know, it was a, it was a bit, you know, quote unquote. But I think maybe it was like, if I'm going to be a part of this, I want to actually confront this woman on TV about the, the whole slavery thing. But she was, um, but she was wrong. She, if if that's what her attitude was, it was incorrect because allowing Nikki Haley to give a BS, yep. Yep. not even vaguely funny joke answer to justify her ignorance was in no way exposing the ignorance. It was it 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 did nothing to confront her. It gave her a chance to weasel out, and there was no reason for Nikki Haley to be on the show. She is not a significant figure. She is not a figure of substance and she should not have been there. But Lorne Michaels figures that any clicks are good clicks and yep. he just does not care. I understand. <laughs> and I agree with you 100%. Like, I was like, well, okay, if you're going to do this, why don't you just have somebody come out and do a caricature of her, have somebody play her, you know? I mean, you got Chloe Fineman. She can put a wig on her and let her do it, <laughs> you know, um, if you're going to do this. But I could, I literally, when she showed up, I was like, are you kidding? Are you kidding me? Um, and you know, and then the monologue was fantastic, and then uh, the first sketch 
it was a game show sketch, if I remember correctly. <laughs> It was always because they're always game show sketches when they come back. So many game show sketches. (laughs) (sighs) I can't remember. Do you remember what the game show sketch was? I think the game show sketch was uh, was the uh, black female host uh, taking the side of Iowa Deborah's character and the other and giving her the answers and that being funny. Which, like, look, sketches like that, I genuinely like because of all of the years when SNL had basically no black female yeah. presence whatsoever. And so yeah. the fact that they could do yeah. something like that and say, okay, we're going to have Ego Notum, we're going to have uh, Punky, yeah. we're going to have all of these people, yeah. and, and we're going to give them something to do for a sketch, and we have a black female host. It, like, yeah. I, I appreciate that someone says, we never could have done this, let's enjoy well, getting to do this. Well, I mean, that reminds me immediately of when Carrie Washington hosted, and they did that cold mm-hmm. open. I don't know if it was a cold open or the, it was one of the early sketches where she had to play every single black <laughs> Every single black female character, and that one I thought was a great sketch, and really did actually talk about the fact that the, the incredible lack of color, especially in the female, uh, the, the world of female uh, uh, cast members, uh, I thought that was really funny. And of course, you're, inevitably, I always think about that sketch whenever these kind of things are brought up. But on one hand, to have the look at how far we've gone sketch in between Nikki Haley for absolutely no reason. It wasn't funny. It wasn't smart. It wasn't clever. It did yeah. nothing. And then the announcement that uh, Shane Gillis is hosting I mean, in two weeks. It's, so what, what do you think? I mean, I, I, as soon as I saw the announcement, I'm like, are you kidding me? So, so um, for people who don't know, a little background on Shane Gillis. He's a stand-up comedian who was hired by Lauren and then fired, correct? Because of uh, uh, anti not, uh, 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 homophobic. Uh, uh, homophobic, misogynistic, and xenophobic. It was uh, the the so particular. It, it was, it, a, it was triple, a lot it was of a, stuff. Yeah, it was a triple feature right there. Yeah, it was. It was, it was like the the particularly ugly. Like a lot of it's very very sexist and gross and a general stuff. The stuff he he and his co-host were doing about Chinatown is just disgusting. And it's yeah. and it's not like it's not edgy. It's not cool. It's not it's not. Ooh, look at me! I'm going out on a limb. Yeah. It's it's just garbage racism and. Yeah. Uh, you know, someone found it. It was on a podcast that he did yep. and has subsequently been uh, scrubbed from the Internet because yep. this guy, he's such a he's such a brave, brave man that he uh, scrubs the Internet of his of his racism. Freaking coward. But uh, yeah. Uh, but yeah. So and, and like, you know, so his immediate response other than bitterness uh, and mockery was you know, well, uh, I'm an edgy comic and sometimes you have to allow things to miss. And I guess that missed. And then he backed down a little bit on that as well. Regardless, there's been no, I've grown as a human being. I've matured. This was kind of gross of me. I'm terribly sorry. There's been no legitimate anything. And he's, He's continued to be successful in the sphere that he was successful in. He continues to be a successful podcaster. He has uh, a new Netflix comedy special. He's, you know, very successful stand-up. And I guess the the theory is that Nate Bergazzi worked as well as he did. And so that kind yeah. of allows you to yeah. do more in that space, except that Nate Bergazzi is, you know, as, as wholesome and... And down the road, down the middle of the road, and inoffensive as a as yeah. a stand up comedian can get, which is yeah. part of his appeal. And that's not what this guy is. This guy yeah. is is broy as hell, and he probably will attract a handful of young twenty something men to watch SNL out of the the sheer giddiness of watching SNL eat crow on their boy Shane. Right, uh, but. 
yeah, it's it, they're, it's, they're, it's it's horrible. I, I'm 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 waiting now at this point. Like when I saw that he was hosting, I was like, one, it was just, it's just a horrible and a ridiculous. It's ridiculous that he's hosting. And then I'm like, oh, so I guess this Matt Rife guy is going to be he'll be up at some point. Like they'll he'll he'll host at some point. That Joker. Uh, if that's the Which, uh, if that's the uh, direction uh, if that's one of the directions that 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 Lauren is going with Matt uh, Rife will definitely host at some point that that idiot will host SNL at some point. I guess it does it does fit with the fit with the line. Yep. Um, yep. yep. Yeah. Agreed. I, I don't I don't understand I don't understand the purpose other than again it gets a handful of yep. uh, of bitter twenty something guys who will never watch again after this episode. Yep. So yay, that's, that's and a like great you said, audience and to I, add. I think you brilliantly, what you, how you sum this up, this, the, the fact that Nikki Haley was in the cold open and the fact that this idiot is hosting uh, the next time they come back in a couple of weeks. Uh, what you just said was, is perfectly summed up. Like he thinks every click is a good click. That's it. That's it. That's, and and but, it's sad and it's fucked up and it's, it's really screwy that that's, you know, as a huge fan of this show that I watch every week, like, you know, I know that Lauren is done. This is his last year. And it's like, yeah, let's put this guy on, whatever. Maybe he's got other people in his ear saying, hey, it'll be big on social media. It'll click this. You'll get a lot of press, blah, 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 by having her on and then by having this idiot host in a couple of weeks. Remember, you fired him. Oh, it'll be really cool to bring that back up. You know, like, that's in his ear. And he's just like, he's, he's like, what is he, 80? He's like 70-something. It's like, yeah, whatever. I'm out of here next year. Let's, all right, let that jackass host. I don't care. I'm gone. And, and everyone has been rightly wondering how sorry we should feel for Bo and Yang uh, because as the yeah. gay Asian cast member, yeah. surely someone should be annoyed by this. And and well, there have been, yeah, I, I, I don't I, that, that, that's, that's the thing. I mean, there are people in that cast, like, is, I mean, is Punky going to, I mean, should these people do the show? And, and I remember, I mean, obviously you remember this, when Dice hosted back in 1990, um, you know, uh, uh, Sinead, boycotted famously and so did uh um uh, Nora Dunn um and uh I don't know I mean it's like you know I, it, it, as far as I'm concerned this guy's worse than Dice at least Dice was a character you know what I mean, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I mean and and and, uh, and it was just and I don't know what's gonna happen I don't know if anybody's gonna step up I mean is I mean Bowen Yang should be out of his mind over this I assume he is but I assume he also probably is is professional enough to yeah. I, uh, you know, whatever. Though, the question of of whether or not at this point he actually needs SNL anymore, I I don't know that he does. I, yeah, I think he yeah. probably likes it, and I think, and we've talked about this before. That sort of the scheduling of of life and these large casts allow people to stay on SNL for significantly right, longer right. if that's what they want to do. Because yeah. you can still, if you're Bo and Yang, do a. Uh, an indie movie or two and, and a couple TV cameos and stuff. You can do all of these things and still do SNL at the same yeah. time. So yeah, I, I, I well, I it's, know. it's interesting because last year, right when I first started my, my SNL podcast, which by the way, uh, if, if everybody wants to subscribe, you can, it's called that show hasn't been funny in years an SNL podcast. Um, I interviewed Jod Rudninsky, um, last year. And I talked about, uh, and we talked and we discussed at length uh, about what a nightmare it was because he was on, he was in the cast when Trump hosted. Um, and that whole season was weird and crazy. And he talked about what it was like to, to like not want this guy in the room. Nobody wanted him there. And it was like every single person from writer to producer to cast member did not want this idiot on the show, uh, but did the show as best they could. And I'm assuming that that's going to be in a smaller capacity that that's going to be the attitude that people are going to have in two weeks when they come back 
And the, and they're still doing like strange things, like like the very oddness of of Dave Chappelle being on stage for the know. bows what? two weeks what? ago. I know what was that? Like seriously, I'm like, I know. I it's, it, <laughs> we didn't even. That's right. There's another thing right there that was also very strange. Like what the hell was he doing there? And I, I'm assuming I don't know because he was next to Fallon. Maybe Fallon was like, come on up, man. You know, I don't. Know. Which would which would be pretty much vintage Jimmy Fallon Absolutely. to be sure. Um, yes. That would be and and everyone was sort of doing kind of Zapruder film stuff of the closing bows, and they're like, yeah, look at I how know. far Bo and Yang was standing I away know. from him, and and was he or was he not? Who the hell knows? It's entire like yeah. similar. And and I've actually I wanted to bring this up because I've been loving it. I feel like we've been getting about an extra thirty to sixty seconds of uh, bows this yeah. season. Yeah, for, um, yeah. Usually the good nights NBC cuts it off. Depends, I guess, on your local stations. Um, but they usually cut it off a little bit. But it, but it did get extended. I know last week got a little more extended. I, I feel like this. I feel like this season in general, and maybe it is just a, a West Coast thing that we're getting as much as we are out here. Uh, yeah. But I feel like we're getting like ninety seconds of bows, uh, and which I love because I love seeing who too. people who get the hugs, who people rush and yeah. have whispered comfort. Like like this week, for example, no one wanted to hug J Lo for a couple. I know. For like. 10 I seconds. I was like, why I, is no one hugging J-Lo? I, that's exactly what I said. I was like, no. And my, 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 the first response, my girlfriend and I were watching it. My first response was, evidently, she probably told everybody not to touch her. That, was, that would have been my first. <laughs> and then my girlfriend's like, oh, don't be mean. I'm like, no. She, I wouldn't be surprised if she had something in her contract with nobody touching J-Lo. And then suddenly somebody, you know, then she was hugging someone. Um, but no, I love watching The Good Nights. And, and, and as I've said a million times. Uh, one time I interviewed Molly Shen. I've interviewed her a couple of times. The first time I ever interviewed her, she said to me, you know, you, you, you need to watch Good Nights every single time. And Molly Shannon told me that. And I do. Every time. It, when they are not cut away by NBC. When they're not cut away by affiliates. So No, it's, it's great. I always love watching who rushes to who, which cast yes. mem- members hug each other first. <laughs> same, and so, you know, who, yep. who's whispering. And also because of all the sort of strange relationships that have popped up subsequently, I'm always like, ooh, who is that person going to end up marrying in a year and a half? Yeah. You know? No, no, I agree. I totally agree. I, I, I do it. On, you know, whenever there are reruns or you go on Peacock, I always like to watch The Good Nights, especially when I don't know let's go back and see hey remember that time when John Hamm hosted and Elizabeth Moss showed up and Fred Armisen was on the show remember that I wonder if the good nights had anything and they're there there and they were kind of like he walked up to her and it's, it's, it's interesting to watch so yeah no I know I'm a total dork when it comes to that, when it comes to that no, it's stuff. it's it's fun it keeps it, it does keep me watching so yeah yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, well, so yes, anyway. SNL, train wreck, but we'll keep watching. Yeah, we'll keep watching, <laughs> absolutely. All right, now, one of the other things that you talked about on, uh, on an episode of TV's Top 5 is um, streaming with ads. Um, this is something that you, you had a conversation um, about on uh, the last episode of the episode before last of, of TV's Top 5. Um, what are the thoughts on that? What was the conversation about? And I know a lot of people who are irritated by this and uh, the fact that the prices are going up, but the ads are staying or sometimes the ads are being added. Now there are new, new what's, what's going on? What's the latest on this whole ads streaming service stuff? Indeed, we had our colleague Mikey O'Connell on the podcast and uh, talked about it. And I, I think what we were doing for the most part was what everyone is doing, which is just trying to make sense of, of what, what the value is what the value is to the streamers, money, that's easy. Right. What the value is to the people at home of deciding when they care, when they don't care, which services are, you know, are so aggressive with the ads that you need to get away. And then also part of the conversation was because uh, Mikey and Leslie had just done a piece where they interviewed a lot of showrunners about 
how ads have impacted their shows, especially in the cases where they made the shows without considering that there were going to be ads in them and how they yeah. play differently. So they talked yeah. with uh, David E. Kelly about his not very good show with Nicole Kidman that was on Hulu. I'm not even seven something. Anyway, mm -hmm. seven perfect strangers, seven people in Australia, oh, right. yeah, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Um, yeah. And and he talked about how he watched the show in both ways and how it was a completely different show without with ads because it broke up every moment that they tried to keep connected. And I think a lot of people feel that way about about the impact of ads because they're almost never intentionally added. It's not one of those situations where the people who work on broadcast TV, they know to have act breaks. That is how you build the show. So you know to have little cliffhangers, you know, you know, you build it around the commercials. Whereas right, for streaming, right. and several people told my colleagues this, the whole deal was supposed to be that you didn't need to do that. And so when they wrote the shows, they wrote it without having to build in act breaks. They didn't right. build in these artificial everything. And so now people watch these shows and they're there and, and, and they rarely feel well inserted. Uh, they're sometimes extremely jarring because sometimes there actually is effort put into deciding where to place them. But, but just as frequently it can pop up in the middle of a scene, sometimes in the middle of a, of a conversation. And then all of these, uh, you know, every service has a slightly different ad load. Some of them will put a, two or three commercials at the beginning and two or three at the end. Some will do it basically like it's, uh, you know, like a broadcast show, you know, every 10 minutes, there's another series of ads. And right, right. we talked about how the ads are rarely like at this point, it's not such a lucrative market that you're getting top tier ads. So in a lot of cases, what you're getting is advertisements for other things on the streaming service, just as, as kind of a proof of concept. So that when someday Bud Light, Toyota and Coca-Cola decide that they're ready to be in that business, they can be like, ah, that's where our ads will go. Mm. Exactly where the watch the show that you right. just, that you're right. watch the new show that you're actually currently already watching. Uh, so <laughs> Right. And I think it, I think it makes everyone annoyed. And, and I think it's the problem is that there are so many of these services and they are all raising their um, prices so aggressively. And this all goes back to the fact that everyone chased the Netflix ad free model that Netflix insisted they were always going to do. And then everybody realized that they couldn't make money off of that, that subscriptions were just not enough to justify the expenses of these yeah. sites yeah. and their programming budgets. And so they're, suddenly they're like, oh, maybe the ad model that of worked course. for 75 years, maybe it actually yeah. works. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and so everyone had to backtrack, including Netflix, which again, swore it was never going to have ads. Yeah. So, so basically what's happened is all of these sites, when they decided that they weren't going to be able to make money off of subscribers alone, they started doing these dramatic price hikes uh, for non-advertising, just as a way of basically saying, "Hey, uh, Mr. Money Pants, if you if you're gonna not watch ads, then we're gonna raise your whatever yeah. by fifty percent," and right. which is what Apple just did. Uh, Apple yeah. currently does not have an ad tier, but what they had to do was go from six ninety nine to nine ninety nine, and that was you know all they could do. But I don't know. I I still pay the extra two or three bucks per month to get rid of the ads, 
yeah. in everything. Yeah. But I know some people can't do that. And some people can't do that if they have 10 services and they have yeah. to do this 10 different times. It's yeah. it's obnoxious. It is completely. <laughs> I, I have a suggestion for Netflix on how they can cut down on on, on their budget and how they can uh, they can avoid raising uh, their monthly rates substantially. Here's a here's a little suggestion for Netflix. How about not sending out all that stupid shit swag that I get every year? <laughs> Um, and sending it to everybody, like every single influencer. Because now at critic screenings, I've been a I've been a film critic now for like thirty eight years, and now the the the, the screenings and the and 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 uh, and things are, are are loaded with people who like anybody's a movie critic now, honestly. And I don't want to sound I don't want to sound like an asshole and say, well, this person shouldn't be invited to these screenings because they do this and they're an influencer and they're too busy taking pictures of the screen and you know you know doing all this social media stuff. <laughs> Not they're not like re- and I don't want to say oh you're not a real critic but they're not they're like these influencers <laughs> and now and now and they send that shit to those people like people who aren't even on mailing lists people who, like everybody they said I got packages I mean I don't know if you got any of this stuff <laughs> I'm not making you look like a jerk <laughs> all I'm saying is like they sent me like like Netflix and I get it from and it's and it's seriously and it's not just Netflix but Netflix is the most guilty they send out the most crap the most expensive. And complete insane, like this Maestro package that they sent out, Maestro, in which, you know, uh, they sent out this incredible coffee table book that was signed by Bradley Cooper with pictures in the making of, and they sent a, a vinyl album of, of Leonard Bernstein's music, uh, you know, as picked by Bradley Cooper. They sent, a, you know, a Blu-ray and a DVD copy of the movie and a script and all these T-shirts and all kinds of stuff. I got a, I got a May-December T-shirt. They sent a latex nose. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been great if they, they sent did. latex yeah. nose and ears yeah. for uh, Maestro. Yes, exactly. So what I'm saying is, and they did this for uh, uh, Rustin. They did, I mean, seriously, for every movie, I, I would sometimes come home and in, my, in, in, the, in, the, in the vestibule in the hallway there, there would be a box... And I'd bring it upstairs, and it would be all of this insane swag, soundtracks, and all kinds of T-shirts, and all the hat, and all this stupid swag that they're not just sending to me. And I'm just some jerk that has a wet, you know, that has a that has a podcast. You know, I live in Chicago in an apartment, and I have a podcast, and they're sending me all this expensive swag. You want to not send out that stupid shit to people who don't, des- you know, who don't need it and don't want it? <laughs> Maybe then you don't have to raise the goddamn prices every month. I mean, I just like every with every box I got, like I'm opening up this Rustin thing. There's this giant box with all this crap in it. And I'm like, first of all, I didn't like the movie. I don't, I don't care about this. And, and not only me, but every single jamoke, you know, in the in the screening room uh, who is an influencer <laughs> got these boxes of swag. So they're spending millions of dollars sending this nationwide to these idiots who don't need it. And in the meanwhile, the people who are paying monthly and going, why is my subscription going up? Well, stop sending me a maestro box. How about that? I mean, (laughs) so that's a suggestion that I have. I don't know if that means anything, but stop sending out stupid, useless swag to people who don't need it and people who don't deserve it. That's my. I am not. I am not on the uh, the Netflix swag list but i've been on enough different swag lists well, you know years that i you know oh I mean? surely i i, I am Christ, i cannot man. be superior to anyone feeling like uh you know anyway yes i i get a lot i get enough swag yeah. uh, but in this case I, I, I don't want any of it i you know seriously i mean you know like they, and, and I, barbie was my favorite movie of the year they sent me a big box with like you know like a, 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 a i'm ken enough uh, uh i'm ken enough t-shirt um, a vinyl album, and I, you know, okay, that's cool. And I, but why are you sending me to this? I, you know, I, 
I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, it just, it's amazing to me the disposable money that just gets thrown around. Uh, and you'd be, I'm telling you, some of the people who got this stuff, you're like, why are you sending it to these people? It's unbelievable the amount of money they just flush down the toilet and then charge, you know, they raise the rates on people because we have to send out a giant maestro package to Nick DiGilio. Like, what the? <sighs> so stupid. I'm sorry. I didn't know I was going to go off on this, but I did. I mean, it's entire. It's entirely right. reasonable to try yeah. figuring out where I mean, the money is going and yes. why, and and why some of these things that sh- that seem as if they should be profitable are not profitable. Well, part of it is that the, you know, yeah. the, the the marketing budgets are are screwy, well, and they're pay- you know they're paying. Here, here, here's another one. Let me just give you another example. Go ahead. Last year, the year before, it's the 2022 movies. They sent me this, and it, they sent me a giant package. Okay with a giant like coffee table book, a soundtrack, a script, a sweatshirt, a big thick sweatshirt, all this other stuff like an unbelievable package and it was for Noah Baumbach's White Noise. Like they stuck and now and I'm one of the few people that actually like that movie and I opened up the I'm like why are you spending this amount of money on this movie that no one gives a shit about? Like this is the biggest waste of money and Netflix is the and all the studios do it as you just said. But Netflix is the is the is the most guilty a party of all of them. Like the money they flushed down the toilet. It's a st- Every time I came home and got a box out of the, I just got mad. I got mad because you're, ra- I'm, I pay for Netflix and I'm like, I don't want to pay more for Netflix so that I get a, so that I'm guaranteed to get a maestro soundtrack. I don't care about that. There uh. were, a, <laughs> there were a lot of strange things about white noise. It should be noted. Like apparently I, the budget was over a hundred million dollars on that movie. I, I mean, the question of where the money went on that movie. I, it, I know. <laughs> It does have a tax dodge kind of feel to it. Uh, somebody somewhere was burying money in that movie, and I don't know where. So, but even still, maybe, maybe something they knew. Maybe they knew is like, a, like my partner is making Barbie. Everything will be fine. Don't worry. But about like, worry. but like they, you know, they go to Sundance and they pay twenty million for Fair Play. Like, there's what? no way they could make that money back on Fair Play. You're absolutely so, right. You're absolutely right. It, it's oh, it's strange use of money. Uh, but anyway, so yes, All now right. everyone now so, everyone has to deal with commercials. Yeah, Enjoy. Okay. All right. Anyway, long story short, we, <laughs> too late, too late, too late. <laughs> you know why? Because where, where I'm sitting, by the way, where I'm sitting right now, um, the white noise and the maestro. I can see the white noise and the maestro uh, co- coffee table book. I well, I like that. that you're horrified by this, but that you still have that they well, have pride of place in your they're, they're home. Like, what am I going to do with them? I'm not going to, you know. I, I mean, I, I guess I could, I could probably donate them, right? I guess, you know, to someplace. somebody. Yeah, but they're well, just okay. sitting here. They're just they're, sitting there. I, there I, are plenty gonna... of people who do take this crap and sell it on eBay. Like I'm not going to sell who are... it. I oh, mean... I'm not. T- I'm not telling you to. I'm just yeah. saying there are plenty of people who are in these critic groups who get this, no, these I embarrassing know. halls of swag, <laughs> who just turn around and go to eBay and sell it for right. God knows how much. And... Of course, of course. So it's so as a result, this crap is sitting near me where I'm while I'm, I can see the spine of the Maestro book from where I'm sitting right now, and that's why I keep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on because I'm just going to go nuts otherwise. All right. Now, oh, here's another reason for me to go nuts. Let's talk about Feud. Uh, Capote versus the Swans. You did review it. Um, episode three aired. Um, when did it air? Last night? night but, well, a couple of nights ago. Whatever. Um, last week. It last aired week, right? last week, Nick. <laughs> Sometime last week. I don't even know what day it is. All I know is Be- that I just I, I, I'm com- I have a, a, a real compulsion to watch Maestro. 
Anyway, because it, uh, because, <laughs> it because it aired before it aired it aired several days before the Super Bowl, which was which a was hell of a game, an incredible game, wasn't it? <laughs> I couldn't believe it was amazing. Uh, so anyway, so uh, feud Capote versus the Swans. This is the second um, uh, uh, version of feud. The first was the Joan Crawford Betty Davis, and these. This is of course from the world of Ryan Murphy. For for people who might not know, what is uh, Capote versus the Swans? Uh, Capote versus the Swans, which is um, as you say, it's executive produced by Ryan Murphy, but this is. Uh, this is one of those Ryan Murphy puts his name on it and executive produces it, but did not write and directed it. It was all written by John Robin Bates, who is largely a playwright, but also created Brothers and Sisters and, you know, just fairly productive and yep. fairly respected uh, um, writer and directed largely, but not entirely by Gus Van Sant, who yeah. obviously is Gus Van Sant. So, yep. you know, that's what it is. And it is the story of... The circumstances leading up to and the disagreements after Truman Capote's 1975 Esquire story, which was a Romana clef about New York's high society and specifically focused on his group of, of upper crust New York society women who he called the Swans. Uh, some of them are are fairly famous, though the most famous of them are not featured in the miniseries. So people like Gloria Vanderbilt is nowhere to be seen or heard mm -hmm. from. But, mm -hmm. you know, the, the featured characters include Babe Paley, uh, played by Naomi Watts, who uh, was, of course, wife to William S. Paley, who was the head of CBS for many decades, one of the most important figures in all of television. Yep. Uh, your your girl, Molly Ringwald, plays Joanne Carson, who is famous as one of the 37 wives of right. Johnny Carson. And one of the 35 of them named Joanne or Joan. Uh, Indeed. <laughs> uh, Callista Flockhart plays uh, Lee Radziwill, who is best known as Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis's sister. Uh, so there's there's a lot of that, you know. There's it's it's a very incestuous and upper tier circle. But anyway, so he he writes this story that airs all of their dirty laundry, and they decide to cut him off from society. And so it's kind of a feud, but really it's more of a of a getting angry, and that's about it. So like it doesn't it doesn't <laughs> that doesn't escalate. have the right ring though, you know. It it, it doesn't, but it, but still the structurally the problem is if you're telling a story. You want it to have an ebb and a flow and an escalation. And I'm pretty sure even John Robin Bates would admit there was no escalation to this. Basically, he wrote the story. His friends got hurt. For the most part, they cut him off, except for the one or two who didn't. Yeah. And that was that. He was already a raging alcoholic with any number of issues previously. Yep. They probably escalated as a result of being cut off from his friends, but it's pretty obvious that he was going down a horrible wormhole regardless uh, because he was, a you know, he was a tortured and tormented dude. And yeah. so, you know, and look, if anyone has seen um, Capote with the Oscar-winning performance by uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman yeah. um, or Infamous with Toby Jones's very, very good performance. Yep. And here uh, Capote is played by Tom Hollander, who I think is really excellent and yes. I think is, yeah. is doing a, a fairly uncanny impression of someone who has been impersonated so very much and, and who cannot be... Oh. 
caricatured. That is the fun thing about Truman Capote is that you could not possibly yeah, do a caricature of Truman Capote. You can't play him too big. Yep. That's what he was. Yep. Um, but to, to me, my problem with it was the total lack of ebb and flow. And so because of that, it, it then causes the story to be told to be basically tossed in a blender where it's hopping around in time in ways that don't inform any narrative don't build it's just varying ways to repeat the exact same dramatic points over and over and over again it becomes kind of confusing how and why it's jumping around in time and then that isn't helped by the fact that there's a lot of really roughshod use of facts when it comes to timelines um like i feel like everyone has their own personal absurd error that is popping up here. Mine is that there's a scene where Truman Capote in 1955 is mentioning 60 Minutes to uh, William S. Paley and the show premiered over a decade later. And and that's just something that is so easy. Like, what what did it require for someone to go, was 60 Minutes on television then? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, it's... it's Well, I'll tell you... um, I, I I'm done now. I watched three episodes, and after the third. Okay, episode, so what was your what was your breaking point? I uh, was the, just how unbelievably uh, uh, inaccurate episode three is, uh, and using the Maisel's brothers uh, the way that that they did. They never. I mean, they filmed a documentary about Capote, but it had nothing to do with the masquerade ball. Had nothing to do with the black and white ball. They weren't there at that time. They're portrayed as like sneaky asshole filmmakers who are filming when people tell them to turn the camera off. And they're kind of doing the bidding of Truman Capote. And, and, and just those inaccuracies about the Maisel's brothers pissed me off enough. And, because that, that never happened. And there are a lot of things that, like you mentioned, like how easy, like you said, how easy is it to say, you know, the 60 Minutes didn't come on for another 10 years. You know, how easy is that in a meeting to say that? But to, but to, and then at the beginning of episode three, to have the, the, the card say, in 1966, the Maisel's brothers did that. No, they didn't. To make it look like, in fact, it was real. That didn't happen. And, and, and you know, and obviously, I don't think, I, I don't expect it to be completely 100% accurate because you never, when, you, when you're doing these fictionalized versions of true stories, you know, that's, that's going to happen. And, and, and I know that a lot of the dialogue and a lot of things that happen, no, it, it's all just dramatic license. But, man, and, and I read an article that was actually in The Hollywood Reporter about this specific episode. Now, and I'm sorry, I don't remember who, uh, the byline. Um, but this person wrote about it and talked to Gus Van Sant, who, who was just basically uh, uh, just trying to cover his ass with every possible excuse and some sort of creative angle that Ryan Murphy wanted to do, where it was like, oh, you know, we know it wasn't true, but it was our way of telling the story. And it was just Gus Van Sant running backwards. And I'm trying to remember who wrote the piece, but it was it was in Hollywood Reporter. I just re- I just read it. And it was all about just episode three and about how historically uh, inaccurate it was and to a, to a stunning degree. And, 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 and I, and, and I started to lose it during the second episode because I thought the first episode was fun where they established everybody and look, it's a great cast and they get to do some fun stuff and wear some cool wigs and have funny voices and stuff. Um, and, and, and as you mentioned, Hollander's very, very good. He's very good. But in the second episode, I started to lose interest. My girlfriend was done by the second episode. She's like, Oh, I don't care about any of this. And then I thought, okay, I'll give it another shot. And when I watched the third episode, as soon as it opened and it said that, and I watched, I watched the entire episode, I think I'm done with this show. Despite there's not enough Chloe and there's not enough Molly for me. That's the way I look at it. There's just not enough. 
Uh, so the article was written again by TV's top five guest uh, Mikey O'Connell, and okay, uh, that's that's it. That's the piece I read. Yeah, definitely worth checking out. Um, no, so okay, I'm going to be honest. I didn't dislike that episode as much as some people did, in large part because later in the season there's an episode uh, with James Baldwin, which I chose that as the episode to oh. think was the worst thing I've ever oh, seen. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> so I just sort of in, in terms in terms of liberties <laughs> taken. Yeah, I basically fixated on the James okay. Baldwin episode, which okay. is episode six, okay. as being the one that was the, um, <laughs> okay. the the like like that that episode, which uses James Baldwin in a capacity that I am whatever the number is higher than a hundred. But let's just go with a hundred because it's you know factually yeah. accurate for percentages. Yeah. I am a hundred percent positive that if you showed James Baldwin the way he is used in this show. He would pimp slap Ryan Murphy, yeah. and I would pay so much money to watch zombie James Baldwin pimp slapping Ryan Murphy for the way he's used in uh, in Capote versus the Swans. It's horrible. That's episode six. Okay. Though, as I also said in my review, the end of that episode is my favorite moment in the series uh, okay. because it's because it's utterly ridiculous, and I found it very entertaining. Okay. But still, that episode was the one I fixated on right. as the this is a liberty that I am not willing to go. I got gotcha. you. So I got gotcha. you. God, that, that, I'm I'm now just picturing zombie James Baldwin slapping the shit out of Ryan Murphy, and I'm oh, it, and he would be and he would be so poetic, but also righteously <laughs> indignant in doing it. It would be fantastic. That's the best. That's. Fantastic. Fantastic. Now, now I'll probably end up watching that episode just because of that. That is episode six. Oh, and trust me, okay. that's the great thing about the fact that there's no linear uh, yeah. nature to yeah. the narrative. Yeah. You can totally watch that episode and go, my yeah. God, why did they think this was a good idea? Yeah. And and, and like I, now, are there, is there more? Because Chloe is there's more Chloe than Molly. There's Molly's barely in it. <laughs> uh, but and I, I'm having a blast. watching. Like a lot of the you know, like I think Naomi Watts is very good in it. Um, and everybody, all the every the entire cast, I think is they they're doing a great job given the material that they have, uh, so it's fun to watch them. And in the first episode, I was like, oh, this could be fun, and all that fun was gone by episode two, and then anger, you know, came into episode three, and that's how I felt while I was watching. I was like, the, I you know, Molly has uh, Molly Ringwald has more to do in a couple of the later episodes. Okay. Uh, you know, it's. It, historical spoiler alert Truman Capote did die in her house so that is yeah. that is kind of the yeah. arc that you know because yeah. all of the women in New York cut him off again this is the plot of the show I am not spoiling anything no, absolutely. Um, and she did not because right. uh, the whole gimmick of uh, the whole gimmick of that character is that she's Hollywood she she couldn't care less about this uh, this feud that's right. taking place in New York City she's just kind of wealthy and trashy and Hollywoody. So right. and that's uh, set up in the I mean that's set up in the episode 2 when they have the Thanksgiving thing. Exactly. That's all it's it's all set up there. So if you've watched the second episode, you know that. So yeah. So yeah, she she has a little more to do, but I wouldn't say she has a lot to do. And and Chloe Chloe just gets screwed by the fact that and I said this in my review, everybody's initial reactions to the story, all of those women, they never change so you have the character played by diane lane who's angry and wants vengeance and yeah. she never alters chloe 70's character um she basically says well it was awful but i'm still going to be his friend and that yeah. never changes right. uh right. calista flockhart she just says mean things to people and that's about all it is but she's really good at it i think right. i think it's but it's yeah. not a character yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah but but nobody's there there is no evolution to anybody's feelings towards Truman Capote, and yeah. therefore, 
there's just no arc to the story. And it's, yeah. I, I don't know why no one was able to take a step back and realize there's, there's just no progression to yeah. this narrative. I, I, I will say this. I wasn't as angry watching uh, episode three as I was watching his remake of Psycho, but close. <laughs> Um, I, so. I will. I, um, <laughs> since since I'm using this over and over again to uh, to plug my colleague Mikey O'Connell, you should totally go and check out his interview with Gus Van Sant from er, from before the season where they talk about Psycho. Oh no, because because he's because he's because Gus is really good talking about it. like like his whole point was this was a thing that I proposed almost as a joke because <laughs> of all of the remakes in Hollywood. Then somebody said, do you have an idea for a remake? And he goes, sure, let's do Psycho, beat for beat only in color. And then they let him do the movie and then he had to do the movie. And and, and I think that is both probably exactly what happened. Yeah. And I, I, I'm perfectly amused yeah. by him at this point no, in his life getting, yeah. being able to say, yeah, that was, that was the thing. Listen, you know, he gets a, he gets a pass. He, you know, he's made somebody, I mean, look, he made my own private Idaho. He gets a lifetime pass as far as I'm concerned. So uh, <laughs> that's it. You know, I'm, I'm good. I'm good with that. Um, but anyway, I, but, I, but you know, like his direction is uninspired with this, on this, on this, uh, on this show. Uh, it really is. He's, so. he's definitely more interested in the interior design and, in the, and, and in the food at the restaurant where they have lunch, you know, he's, yeah. he's very yeah. into the trappings of yeah. this world. Um, and not so much into yeah. anything else. No. And letting the actors have fun. You know what I mean? Like that. Absolutely. And that's, that's yeah. So anyway, but uh, anyway, so it, it just made me angry. Let's, let, let's, let's talk about something I haven't seen so I don't have to get distracted about the fact that I'm sitting next to a, Mike, a Maestro coffee table book. Um, all right. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, I have not watched it yet. I hear nothing but great things. And this is a, this is a project that I have no interest in because it's Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Smith. But, I, you know, if you were to tell me about it, but then you tell me who's in it. And then I'm like, oh, well, now I have to watch it, even though I don't care about Mr. and Mrs. Smith uh, in general. So what, to, what is Mr. and Mrs. Smith and what do you think? And that's, I think, the best way to approach it, honestly, because uh, because like, look, I, I, I like the Doug Lyman movie. It's a it's a silly it's a silly poppy movie. It's it, yeah, it's absolutely yeah. nothing more than that. But yeah. but as a, as a summer action movie, it's two very sexy people blowing people up, that's period, it. full stop. Yeah. Yeah. But that's all it wants to be. Yeah. So that's fine. But but a little bit like and, you know, yeah, a, a li sometimes movies take on added cultural cachet, right. not necessarily for any reason. And, and I think that that one has kind of evolved in some people's minds as being more than good popcorn entertainment, which I, it, it's good popcorn entertainment, move on. Um, so if you have invested in the Doug Lyman movie, it probably you'll be frustrated by the TV show because the TV show takes the very basic premise. It's, uh, it's too, married spies kind of uh, but mm -hmm. it's more complicated even than that in this context um but otherwise it, it's it's really a relationship dramedy about these two people whose job who are over invested in their jobs and their job happens to be occasionally killing people sometimes blowing stuff up usually in the background usually with kind of special guest stars of the week so john turturro's 
in one episode, Sharon Horgan's in, in one episode, Parker Posey and uh, Wagner Mora from Narcos mm. are in mm. one episode. Mm. They're fantastic together. Ron Perlman is one, in one episode. He's great. Michaela Cole is in an episode. She's great. In, in that respect, structurally, it's very much like uh, like Poker Face. Um, it's, but still, it's, I, I, I liked it because it takes the trappings of something that's fun and popcorny and tries to find actual kind of emotional nuance. So I thought it was probably a little bit more like master of none than like anything else Oh wow. where, where there's a, where there's, it's more bittersweet comedy that's going through it. And yet occasionally they kill people. And, um, and, it, the two, and the two leads, you should mention the two leads. Oh, yeah, I guess the, the two leads playing the Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie roles, except not in any way, shape, or form, are right. Donald Glover and Maya Erskine. Uh, Donald Glover, who is, of course, Donald Glover, and Maya Erskine, who people should know from uh, from Pen15 yep. and other things, but yep. some yep. people don't. And the internet has not been hugely nice to her because the internet is a gigantic cesspool. Uh, yep. But I think that's unfair because I think she is very good and I think he is very good and uh, just there there are episodes in which very little happens there there is one episode which is basically them in in marriage counseling with Sarah Paulson as their therapist and it's mostly them just sitting on a couch uh, being annoyed at each other and I, I I dug that honestly I and I and I thought that as it went along it got more and more emotionally compelling and Sometimes it's extremely funny. Occasionally it's a little violent and, and silly in that respect. But but generally, I thought it was a good uh, relationship dramedy where sometimes they do spy stuff. And I That's not I at dug all it. what I thought it was going to be. Oh, wow. Yeah. No. Wow. Okay, uh, now I'm, I'm on. I'm in. I'm totally in. And tell everybody how they can watch it. Where is it streaming? It is all on Amazon. And it uh, and because Amazon likes to confuse the hell out of people, it was a... Uh, <laughs> It was all episodes, all eight episodes dropped at the same time. So, oh, okay. so it's all just up as opposed to what Amazon does on most of its shows, which has something to do with, I think, Amazon not really knowing what the show was. I, they also held off on critic reviews until the day before premiere, which is usually not a great sign. And then the reviews were really, really positive. And I kind of wonder if someone at Amazon went, huh, well, we could have had those reviews yeah. out for a week and yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. Amazon's not so good with stuff like that. Okay. Um, All right. So I can but, binge on it yeah. then. Okay, you, cool. Absolutely. And it's, oh, and awesome. they're not, they're, they're not long episodes. They're mostly fairly short. They move pretty quickly. I think, I think most of the episodes are in the, the 35 to 45 minute range. So. Awesome. All right, Mr. and Mrs. Smith, all available at uh, Amazon. By the way, you mentioned Sarah Paulson. Um, does she show up at all in Feud? Because I'd be shocked if she didn't. No, she does not. Okay. All right. Because I, I thought legally, anytime Ryan Murphy is his name is on something, she has to be in it. I just and the cool. and the thing is, she could have she could have played almost any of the characters. So course, I, yeah. I just assume that she was doing various other yeah. things. So yeah, not to ruin anything, but Jessica Lang shows up as a as. <laughs> I don't even. Let's not even get into it. Uh, but Jessica Lang's in it. <laughs> Jessica Lang shows up as the Jessica Lang character from Ryan Murphy shows. <laughs> like, regardless of whether sometimes that character is is Joan Crawford, or sometimes that yeah. character is like a supernatural a witch, witch, or say, yeah, or, yeah, exactly. or whatever, exactly. it's the thing he does with <laughs> Jessica Lang, right. and you know she's good at it, so why right. not? All right, <laughs> uh, what are, what are we looking forward to? Uh, what are you what are you going to be watching? What reviews are going to be dropping in the next few days or week? Or so um, let's we see. Talk again. By, 
Um, a little bit after this drops, my review of Shogun, uh, the new FX and Hulu Shogun drops, and it's it's really solid. It's yeah. uh, it's just a good, solid, substantive adaptation of a book that I think has kind of gotten a bum rap over the years. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I think Shogun is a better book than people kind of assume it is because they assume it's basically kind of dances with samurais, and yeah. and it's not. And I think everybody that. remembers the everybody remembers the Richard Chamberlain thing. Exactly, and so and so they they think of they think of that and yeah and this is a more substantive thing it's it's all, almost entirely a japanese cast it's almost entirely in japanese with subtitles and cool. it's it it tries hard uh i wish it was a little bit more honestly entertaining and fun like i think probably a lot of the entertainment was lost in the effort to do right by it and to mm. and to not you know to not be voyeuristic to not be colonialistic etc but right. but i th- i think it's really solid but that doesn't premiere until um the end of uh the month so okay next time i come on maybe i'll okay. be able to do a full review of that um very quickly episode four of true detective knocked me on my ass i was devastated by it i thought it was beautiful and haunting and and i'm i'm really digging the i'm really digging this series i really think it's terrific and great i like the horror elements i like all the easter eggs from different things including obviously john carpenter's the thing and other and other things as well i think the i mean i love the character that jodie foster is playing unlike any character she's ever played um and i love it i love everybody in it i really think it's terrific but man i'm telling you that fourth episode destroyed me uh as a christmas episode just in general, like Christmas television episode, one of the best Christmas television episodes of all time. I I was I was knocked on my ass by that fourth episode. I, really I will be was. very curious to hear what you and what the interwebs in general have to say about the finale when it rolls around. Okay, I'm looking forward to it. I, as an and and of course the first episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm made me laugh my ass off. I, I just uh, it, it made me laugh. And I know. that was one of the better episodes of the season. Some are very good, some are less good, but that is kind yeah. of just what Curb is these yeah, days. Yeah, no, that's exactly what it is. So we've got one more season of that, but I did laugh. Uh, I did laugh a lot during that. Uh, during that episode. So, okay. All right, uh, Dan, always a pleasure. And we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Everybody check out the Hollywood reporter and the fine print F I E N and uh, a lot of fun. Always great. Talk to you, uh, Dan. I'll, I will talk to you next time. Till next time, Nick. Okay, buddy. Take care. Dan Feinberg. He's the best Hollywood reporter, the fine print. You know who else is the best? Esmeralda. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Once again, it is a privilege and an honor to introduce Esmeralda Leon and welcome her to the podcast. Hi, Esmeralda. Wow. Thank you. Hey, how you that doing? was very goodness. Yeah. Uh, doing all right. Oh, I like you. I'm a fan of <laughs> yours, Esmeralda. Doing better, I guess. I'm that was quite fan. an intro. You know who else is a fan? Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Hi, Carrie. Oh, she's wearing a t-shirt that says Esmeralda Rules. Oh. Wow. See? Yeah. And they're a big oh, yeah, seller. We have that one, Carrie. Big seller <laughs> on the back seller. porch. Yeah, they come up on the back. People come up on the back porch and buy t-shirts oh, from Carrie Russell. Yeah, they do. All they the time. browse. Big line leading all the way out to the garbage cans. <laughs> so, Ooh, 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Hi, I'm Carrie He's Russell, and I right, love Carrie. Nick's show. Thank you very much. <laughs> All right, there you go. All right. Hey, uh, yeah. 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 Hi, Esmeralda. Hi. All right. Hey, uh, how was your weekend, as you pretend that it's not before the weekend when we record this? and that <laughs> It was great. Did you have, how Wasn't about that it, Super Bowl? I'm, yeah. Wow. Woo. What a game. Mm-hmm. I can't. And when, 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 uh, uh, when, uh, oh, Taylor sure. Swift oh. <laughs> caught the winning pass for the oh, touchdown. Yeah. Wasn't that amazing? It's ran out and there. You, it was and it was, it was, it was Usher, right? Usher. Yes. Usher. Oh, he was great. Wasn't he? Mm-hmm. He, he, Usher was great. Cause he, he guided everybody to their seats and tore their <laughs> tickets. Remember? He's the he's <laughs> Usher was the Usher. Yeah, that would be all of them. Everyone at the Super Bowl. It was he's amazing. He was incredible. He was like they were what were they like two hundred thousand people? Namesake, there. yeah. He was just running around checking people. Well, they don't tear tickets anymore. What do you check your phone now, right? You scan I think he your scans. Phone. He's probably scanning them. Scan the that's what Usher and, Usher was yeah. amazing. He was amazing. He's he had, so quick with it, yeah. It's amazing. He had time to scan everyone's phone take them to their seat, and do the halftime show. It was unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Nothing but energy, that man. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't he responsible for Bieber? Am I wrong? Um. Yes. I believe he discovered him. Or so it's his fault, right? It landed in his hands, the YouTube. He oh, okay. saw the, the a YouTube video of him. And All right. So, yeah. And then that's... And then... It's history, or what is yeah. it? How, what do people say? I think so. Everything yeah, is yeah, history, yeah. or what? It's a, yeah, it's history. <laughs> What's the? <laughs> I think you're right. Yeah, but boy, what a game, huh? How exciting! Mm-hmm. Oh, and those commercials—the one with the Budweiser one. Remember the? Remember the... Yeah, with the the, the toads. Thing? Yeah, they brought toads, not the... frogs. I don't they, know what they, they were they, before. They, they switched it up. They switched frogs and toads. Is there a difference? <laughs> You know, you'd think I'd know this because frogs are my favorite animals. I think there is a difference. I don't know, really know what the difference is, but I'm, I think there is. I think it's. Oh, toad. there is. Frogs. See, t- toads are. Now, are, I thought frogs were just the generic term. No, toads are a different. Were, toads yeah, are younger? No. Younger? Or uh, a different breed? Frogs have long legs. Yeah. Longer than their head and body. Mm. And toads have shorter legs. Oh. Toads prefer to crawl around rather than hop. I see. Okay. Uh, frogs have smooth, somewhat slimy skin, while toads have dry, warty skin. Hmm. Okay. So take your pick. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'll take. So I yours like is, both. yours I believe is. I don't think. I don't think it's a frog. Right. I think it's toads that were falling from the sky. No, it's frogs because the log, the, le- the legs are very, the legs are very long. I actually have a. No toad. I I actually maybe some toads did, but I but. All frog, I, no toad. I, I have um <laughs> a, an actual prop from the movie. Somebody actually, Deanna, the great, uh, our friend Deanna. Yeah. For Christmas one year, actually got me a real frog that was used in Magnolia. So oh, I have wow. an actual. It's a big old lung. It's got long it's, legs. My God, the legs are re- It's huge. It's huge. Okay. So frog, yeah. Frog. Yeah. Yeah, I ha- actually have it under under glass on my desk here in my apartment. Mm-hmm. Oh. It's the, the coolest. It's like the centerpiece. Yeah, toads are. Like the chunky ones. Okay. Whenever well, you see a, a a a chunky 
amphibian, mm-hmm. I guess they're called. Yeah. <laughs> that's the generic, that's the general term for all of them. Right. It's a toad. Okay. If they're chunky, chunky little amphibians, short legs, right. that's a, that's a toad. Yeah, chunky little amphibian. That was my, that was my name on my college radio station. Yeah. 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 Toad in the morning. Yeah, toad in the morning, man. Yeah. Right, and then your co-host Frog, Frog and Toad, yeah, man, Frog and Toad. So, all right, that actually would be quite funny, I would think. <laughs> like to be that big of a of a of a amphibious fan that you'd be like, yeah, I'm gonna be Toad, and you're gonna be Frog. <laughs> you're gonna be Frog. I'm telling you, there had to be, there has to at least be one morning zoo moron sidekick named toad right oh no for sure but i don't think in one room there is a frog and a right. toad <laughs> that would be too much i too think much. yeah they're usually like it's one or the other we can we can't have both yeah we don't want that much amphibian on uh on the network right so you're gonna have to you're gonna separate your amphibians <laughs> but i think it would be fun if there was one where it was yeah. frog and toad but then frog yeah one was like a short little stumpy guy. Right. And the other one's got long frog, legs. Yeah, yeah, frog's a tall dude. Tall dude, <laughs> basketball player. Right. Exactly. All right. Okay. All right. To- but I'm sure there was a toad. I'm sure on some morning zoo show. Oh, no. There has Ford, to be, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Toad is the guy who would go out and, you know, you know, he would eat a, you know, he would eat, he would go out on the road and eat a pile of shit off the, off the ground. And, yeah, man, we're yeah. going to send Toad out, you know. It's like toad, toad yeah, out on the road. Toad, yeah, toad on the road, toad on the road, man, yeah. yeah man. And uh, send him out. Yeah, we're gonna send him to McDonald's to order a bunch of fillet of fish on a Friday. You know, like that, like that, and then eat them all in the drive-through. Yeah, uh, toad. Yeah, in the drive-through, just eat them. Stand in the drive-through. Toad's gonna stand in the drive-through and back up traffic because Toad's an asshole today. Yeah. <laughs> That's man. our toad. Ooh, yeah. 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 Toad's going to call a funeral home and ask if they can rent it for a party. Yeah. Yeah, man. So. Wow. Toad, man. Yeah. God. Morning zoos. I'm telling you. Ugh. <laughs> they so still exist. Loony. Morning zoos still exist. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. There's, I don't think there is one in Chicago. Is there one in Chicago? There's not a morning zoo in Chicago. Like um, a proper morning zoo. I mean, Bob Surratt's a zoo, but it's not, you know what I mean? But that's not. uh... (laughs) I believe not. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think so. Like, because even on the, even on the, um, I've seen the lineup for like even the rock station and it doesn't look like it would be. Yeah. I mean, Man Man Cow. (laughs) There's a look. Man Cow left a few years ago. So I think when Man Cow left. Oh, no, yeah. He's syndicated, but in like the middle of. Yeah. But he was talk. he was like, at LS, and then he, when he left LS, I think that he, I think he took the format with him, or at least on broadcast. Ra- well, I mean, broadcast radio is kind of dying anyway. But as we know, um, but yeah, I don't think there's a proper morning zoo here in Chicago. Maybe we can find one. No. You know that's that, no. that has a smaller frequency and a smaller reach. Yeah, I would say there probably is in that sense. But anything in the Chicago market, I doubt. Just yeah. because, um, one, a lot of it is syndicated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of syndication going on with uh, in the mornings. 
But also, I think, yeah, um, most of the stations don't do morning shows. Yeah. Like, they have a morning show, but it's it's really intermingled. They don't get, you know, it's not like a, a true one, like how Cochrane is, where it's like just all talk, all talk, all talk the all whole talk, morning. All talk, news, and your traffic and your updates. The, more, right. the, stu- the stuff that you need in the morning to get to work and to be informed and to be entertained. That yeah, most is just there. There are a couple. It's a show, but you know they're just playing music for the most part. Like they're right. doing stuff, but it's not. It's not like yeah. a true morning show. And they don't have Toad running around, you know. Right, blocking up the the McDonald's blocking up drive-throughs and stuff. Drive-through. And, yeah, man. Toad, 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 Toad's gonna bust into a McDonald's, drop some cherry bombs in the bathroom. Yeah, oh, man. Yeah. 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 Oh my god. That's I think that's just vandalism. That's it is, not- <laughs> but it's but it's part of the morning zoo, so it's okay. Yeah, man. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna call the mayor. He's asleep right now, and Toad's gonna fart into the phone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. I got a politician's phone number from somebody. Man, we're gonna call him up and wake him up, and then fart into the phone. Toad. Yeah. <laughs> I got Brandon Johnson's number, man. <laughs> we're gonna give it to Toad, man. He's going to pretend that he's selling insurance. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, I know on Johnny's, on, on Jonathan Brandmeyer's show, we would, we called, we didn't, well, we would crank call people, but yeah. um, he did like a celebrity once, and I forget who it was, but he had on, um, what's the guy with the million voices? He was on Mad TV. Will Sasso? Uh, Will Sasso? Oh wait, who am I thinking of then? No, that other guy. No, I, he I always does. Um, he's made he's... it like a thing. He, I thought he was on Mad TV. Oh oh oh, oh oh, what's his name? Uh, Caliente, right? Uh, that guy. Yeah, Frank Caliente. They had him on... Yes. Yes. Had him okay, on that the... guy. Yeah. I think we had him on the phone, but yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. But we had him. We had him like call someone. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. And like they did, they believed it was him. Whoever I forget who he was pretending to be, but it was like, it was just funny because it's like, damn, do you not? Is he that good? Yeah, <laughs> didn't think he'd be that good, but he like tricked some celebrity. No, this guy, this guy, this Cal- Caliente guy can do voices. No, yeah. no, he is, he's a mimic. He is a born mimic. Yeah, and I, I remember, but he used to always. Johnny also also used to have a guy who used to do Jerry Lewis. Oh uh, yes, like hey, wow, hey, he would do that, and he'd call. He people. did have a Jerry Lewis. He would, yeah, he did. Yeah. He, he, a- he would crank call people because that was, that was. I remember one yeah. time he crank call he crank called somebody. I can't. Remember, I think he called Ebert. If I'm not mistaken, was many years ago. <laughs> Probably. I think I he cranked that because Johnny had everybody's number. Johnny, you know, he had everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know that you worked for the guy. Um, yeah. So, we. I mean, we would also like dig up people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We would try to find. Um, we would try to find people like if they were staying at hotels and things. Oh yeah. We mm. would then call around all the hotels. Oh, absolutely! <laughs> like, so was that your job, family. Esmeralda? Would you try to find? Yeah, part of that was yeah to find. How did that? The okay, tell me. It's difficult because tell me how that. Tell me how that would work. Would find you. So would well, Johnny you would just or... call? No, you would just think like, okay, so and so. We kind of knew like where, for the most part, people would be staying. Um. So we would then call, and half the time, like. Sometimes they wouldn't know who it was, so they wouldn't really. They'd be like, "Oh, okay," and then like put you through, <laughs> and then we would just see like what would happen. Like, would they pick up? Would they? Because some, I mean, it was like six in the morning, yeah, so we would yeah. test it. We would test it first, 
Like if we were able to yeah. even get through, to get because through, a lot right. of people would be like, they don't, they're not here. Who? Yeah. Like, or they would literally not be there. Yeah. Um. So we would just, we would just try. We would call all the 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 hotels that we would think would have a, the celebrity, and we would try. And then yeah, we. I think a couple times we did get someone on the line. I mean, they would hang up on us fairly quickly, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I think there was one that we called and they did like talk to us for a minute. Like yeah. they were into it. Cuz we weren't we were just like, "Hey, this is Johnny." He would he would um he would start talking and be like, "This is Johnny, we're on the radio, blah blah blah." Like we weren't trying to prank him. Yeah. He just yeah, wanted yeah, yeah. to talk to him. Right, right. Um yeah. I think I remember one celebrity did and I I couldn't tell you who, but um usually it was someone just they would hang up on you yeah <laughs> they didn't want to talk it was very early in the morning of course we were most likely waking them up so right <laughs> that's funny though but you had to make that call oh man that, that's part of working on that oh show. yeah yeah I, I remember when this uh, the guy who did jerry by the way the guy who did jerry lewis was a regular listener on my show when i was on gn um and he's I um i don't want to ruin the i don't want to ruin the i know i mean i know who it is yeah i yeah i do too um I don't want to give it away, but anyway, but he, he called up one <laughs> time. He called up, I think it was, I think it was Ebert. Mm-hmm. And I remember he, he, cause his Jerry Lewis is hilarious. It's, it's, it's like, hi, you know, it's like, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like sixties, Jerry Lewis, you know, like who, hi, that kind of thing. And he was like, um, Hey, I can't remember who it was. I know they called Ebert and got Ebert on the phone at one point and Ebert yeah. you know, played along. Cause Ebert was great. Ebert had a great sense of humor. You know what I mean? He was cool. He was Ebert was fucking cool as hell. He was just a cool dude, and so he'd go along with it. It's like, oh, it's Brand Meyer. The guy's a legend. I'll you know I'll go along with. It. I'll humor the guy for a few minutes. It'll be fine. Uh, but I can't remember who it was. It might have been Ebert. It might have been somebody else. But but I remember this is what he said. He goes, "Hey, I got a joke for you, Heibel. You know, and uh, and the person would be like, "All right, what's the joke?" He goes, "What does what does walking a tightrope and getting a Hummer from Gloria Stewart have in common, Hal?" And then. Person on the other end. What he goes? Whatever you do, don't look down. Hi, 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 hi. You know. <laughs> and, then, and then the, you know, and then that would, that would happen. Uh, but yeah, I just remember. I just re- <laughs> what are you? What is it? Walking a tightrope and getting a Hummer from Joe, and it had to be in glorious suit. So it had to be literally like probably in 1998. You know when Titanic? Right. That it had to. Yeah. That was probably that's when it happened. That's when I heard that joke, because <laughs> Gloria Stewart <laughs> was in the public eye. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she was right. old. So I was like, "What's the difference? What was he to walk on a tightrope and getting a Hummer from Gloria Stewart? Having come, whatever you do, don't look down." Ho, hi, ho, hi, hi. Oh boy! <laughs> mm-hmm. Morning zoos, man. You know they are something. <laughs> and even though like Brandmeier is. Uh, one of the most incredibly, and you know this, you work for the guy, one of the most dedicated and insanely talented guys that's ever been in the business, ever. Yeah. yeah. At his core, he does Morning Zoo. <laughs> no, he does. We, he were, does. we were calling people, we were doing stupid voices. I mean, <laughs> I people remember when there was some, I forget, it was a bed bug, there was a bed bug like problem. Oh, God. <laughs> at a certain point in time. And he then created we just made up a voice he made up a voice for a bed bug and then it became a reoccurring character right, billy now, the bed bug i remember that i i i, I 
So, I, I remember I remember this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were totally a morning zoo. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we we had voices for like all these stupid like little characters and things. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Oh god. Right. Anyway, that that's yeah. hilarious, man. That is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, that was a total morning zoo. Are you uh, kidding me? And I and I love bad morning zoos because Johnny's great. Like I, you know, we all know this. Johnny. No, he was a well-oiled machine he, of a seriously. morning zoo. Yeah, and you know, you work, you know how how demanding the guy is, and how dedicated he is, and how and how fucking crazy he is. And he'd be the first to admit it. He's nuts, but in a good way. Yeah. 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 Um. So, no, I admire Brandmeier. I mean, he's one of my favorite broadcasters. I just think the guy's a genius, and he's insane, and I love his stuff. But he does a morning zoo. But I love the guys who have no fucking talent at all who do morning zoos. You know? Yeah. Like the, I love and they that. they just they assume that's what radio is, Yeah, and they think they'd say, yeah, we're going to bring a stripper in, and she's going to show her tits. Well, yeah. okay, good. Right. Are you aware that you're on the radio? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. You know? They just, like, they just think, like... If they just go Howard Sterny, right? Yeah, but like they have no idea that I yeah. mean, half the time this was very produced and whatever, yeah. and they're just and that Howard Stern has talent, it. and that Howard Stern has talent. That's the other right. thing is like Howard Stern is brilliant, and so there's a difference between like because you think it's easy, you think like oh yeah anybody can get on the radio mm -hmm. and do what Howard does, but when Howard Howard's one of the best Howard Stern is one of the best interviewers on the planet. Yeah, he he will ask questions that nobody else will ask, and he is, you know, he's become like, um, it's so weird to think that Howard has become this elder statesman of radio, you know? Yeah, I mean, people actually go on his show because they want to. Exactly, like big people. And, you know, he's and on serious. He's on, he's, on, he's on serious radio. Um, and he jumped on that before anybody did. Like, remember, I remember people saying, boy, that's it. That's it. It's Howard Stern's career is over. You know, like he's doing yeah, this. Yeah, like, oh, he's you're gonna this. pay for it, and you got to get a radio. Remember, you had to buy a radio. Like you had to get a mm -hmm. radio, and like, yeah. uh, uh, you know, and he and and and, but he was on the cusp of that. He was like, yeah, and and who's laughing now? All the way to the bank, like, yeah. you know, and but he's still. I've always been a fan of Howard's, even when he would do stupid shit, because he's not. He wasn't immune from doing ridiculous, exploitative bullshit, exploitative bullshit. Oh um, no, of course, but. At his core, he's fucking, he's brilliant and a great interviewer. Like, he gets stuff out of people that nobody does. Um, yeah, no, he's, he's, a, he's a broadcast legend. I mean, obviously, you know. Yeah. But he has, he has um, thankfully, he has evolved. Yeah. No, he I has. I feel like at a certain point, it's like, all right, are you just going to keep doing this? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he has evolved. He has evolved and like people respect him and want to be interviewed by him. And yeah, like you said, big celebrities and it's crazy. I'll, I'll see interviews and like performances and I'm just like, they were on his show. I know. Oh. Right. Right. Well, cause also you can hear it too. If you hear a clip of the interviews, like he's not, <laughs> he's not just being a butthole. No. About things. Like he's asking proper questions. Because he's, so. he, you know, it took him, it took him until he got into his sixties to mature. I think. <laughs> Right. That's what yeah. happened. You know, I mean, like he like now it's like a proper talk show. Like people come in and, and I mean, they do wacky shit and they play wacky sound effects and stuff. But it's not like stripper this and let's sit on the vibrator. Let's get Jenna Jameson in here to sit on the vibrator. You know, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. I think he's, he still does that every once in a while. But that was like 65, 70 percent of the show before. Right. Do you remember and fart now man? whenever fart man. Oh, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you've you've seen the movie Private Parts, right? I know, but I'm just like that yeah. kind of like, oh boy. Yeah. Okay. I know, I know, and yet the guy is still. And I've been a fan of his forever, man. I, I I've always been a fan. It's it's interesting. You can get away with doing that morning zoo stuff if you're talented, and you've got like 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 Howard Stern and like Johnny B. They can get away with yeah. that morning zoo stuff because they've got the talent to back it up in the brains, you know. Right. Because it could be. It. I mean, yes, it was sometimes childish and silly but it was no like question. it was still funny absolutely <laughs> was still there was still funny in it because yep. you could do childish and silly and just be like okay great yeah Ugh. yeah <laughs> well i mean i have the maturity level of an eight-year-old and i have this podcast so that you know that <laughs> well there you go yeah give podcasts to anybody <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> uh yeah so but uh, yeah no, but more but bad morning zoos oh man i'll tell you I mean, yeah, uh, if you go to the middle of wherever, yeah, of some small town somewhere, yeah. there is a morning yeah, man, zoo happening. <laughs> man, Dr. Maestro and the Toad, you know, like, or some shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> Completely, and they have to, yeah. Yeah. That's their whole persona is them as the Toad. Yeah, man, that's the Toad. Doesn't have a real name. Yeah, man, he's the Toad. And uh, we got to know, man. We got a, uh, we got the phone number to a monastery, man. We're gonna call later and tempt him with some tits, you know, like something. Like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was always the, the, the crazy <laughs> ones too. Is when they don't, they change the people's names. Like Mancow did this, and he would, he'd have whoever he had on as like for the traffic or their co-host or whatever. Oh, right. And he would yeah. completely like give them this whole different persona. That right. to me is like true morning zoo oh yeah when you don't have yeah when, you don't have, yeah it's not like a, a a um it's not a true thing it's like oh they're gonna be this thing yeah and it's this is is and this is your gonna be your name and all that and it's like all right yeah <laughs> it's not your real name it's a bullshit wacky morning zoo name right and yeah and you and can't and even it, act yeah. like yourself you're right. not acting like yourself it's gonna be a whole persona it's a character and a whole right thing. A, yeah yes well, it's funny. You know who Ugh. made fun of that? Who used to do that on a regular basis? Stephen Gary used to do that, and because I don't know if you, yeah. you remember, you remember Leslie Kyling, right? Yeah. Uh, okay. You know what she was called on on Stephen Gary's show, but um, as a joke, as a joke. I cannot remember. She was. I remember Lane, she had a name. Yeah. Lane Closure. Because mm-hmm. she did traffic. See, get it? Because she did traffic. Right. She was. But but that was it was an acknowledged joke. You know what I mean? Like it was. Yeah. That was like Steve was making fun of Morning Zoo by calling her Lane Closure because right, that would be yeah. something that they would seriously do. You can't break character as Lane Closure, but obviously everybody knew it was Leslie. You know, but yeah, like yeah. they called it, but they called her Lane Closure as part of a kind of a joke and kind of a slam on Morning Zoos. So, you know, it was a knowing wink at the fact that you did you made up personas and stupid characters when you're on Morning Zoo. So they called Leslie <laughs> Lane Closure, and she, you know, went along with it and had fun with it. Because it's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, morning zoos, man. God. And that goes back. By the way, you know who passed away not not too long ago, a couple of months ago? He wasn't a morning zoo guy. He was an evening guy, but he did kind of morning zoo stuff. Uh, When I was a kid, I used to listen to a guy named Captain Whammo. I've I've talked about him. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he passed Mm -hmm. away. Jim, Jim Chanel passed away a couple of months ago. Oh. Um, and he was one of those guys who I listened to as a kid and was one of my, like, sort of one of my radio heroes when I was young. And he'd be, yeah, man, Captain Whammo, yeah, on the Whammo line. And you call up the Whammo line. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we 591-whatever, man, yeah, Whammo lion. 
He'd get two syllables out of the word lion. <laughs> yeah, man, the whammo lion. And then I would call up like every night and tell a joke and then win, you know, albums that I'd have to go pick up at the office, you know. Right. <laughs> and they were cutouts. They were albums that had the, you know, they were, they were, they had the corners cut off of them and shit. Mm-hmm. You know, they would sit in a mm-hmm. box. You know, like we were talking about earlier about how when you, when you, we were talking about going and doing uh, remotes. Yeah. Uh, before and like you would give away shit that was just in the prize closet. That's what they did. Like you'd go down, like I'd go down, I'd win, you know, I'd tell the funniest joke on Captain Whammo's show and then I would go down in the middle of the day to CFL, uh, to CFL or whatever, whatever station he was on at the time, DAI or whatever. And I would go down there and they would go, here's a box full of shit. Just pick two albums and leave, you know. <laughs> okay. Do you, what did you pick? Do you remember any? Uh, I, I remember I won um, an album I, well, I looked through the because they were all bullshit albums. They were albums that were they weren't even playing playing them on the air. They weren't by popular artists. But I did end yeah. up I did end up getting um, a, a a a Leonard Skinner album from oh. from there, which is really like a big deal considering like most of the stuff was just bullshit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I did end up getting. Was it a like Leonard a weird Skinner. album that like no one? It, yeah, like, it, it was. Two it was weird not songs on it. Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It was like a promo album specifically for the radio station. You know how they'd send out like it was like a like a two sided mm-hmm. single or something. Yeah, that was not meant to be given away as a prize, but they just threw it in there. So it was like a promo record that only DJs were supposed to play on the radio station, but they were giving it away to idiots who told jokes on Captain Whammo's show. That's nice. How I, that's how I got it. But yeah, Captain Whammo. Yeah, man, Captain Whammo on the Whammo line, you know. Oh God, and he was just, yeah. And I loved him, man. He was on uh, evenings. He, I think he was six to ten, um, mm-hmm. and I listened to him probably when I was about, I don't know, between the ages of like nine and twelve or something. I listened to him all the time, all the time. Loved Captain Whammo. And then I, I think I told you this story many years, many, many, many years later when I started doing weekends on uh, on GN. Mm-hmm. Like in the late '90s, I started doing weekends. Like in '98, I started doing shows. But right around '99-ish, when I was doing, I was on for about a year. I was talking about Captain Whammo with my old partner Gary Lee Wright, who um, was my partner. They teamed me up with Gary Lee Wright when I first started uh, doing shows at GN on my own. They teamed me up with somebody who's like, "Well, we're not going to let you do a show by yourself because you're a fucking idiot." So here's a guy who's been in the business for a long time to rein you in. <laughs> Uh, mary june rose by the way was program director i you know i owe a lot to her but she's like look you're not good enough to be doing it by yourself don't think you are so we're going to give you a guy who's been in the business for a long time so gary lee wright was my partner and we started talking about radio and i started doing my invitation of captain whammo you know yeah captain whammo and so i go into the i go into work one weekend and i check my voicemail it's amazing i had a voicemail there too like they actually gave me a voicemail it was insane (laughs) You and, have a dedicated line. Yeah, I had it's incredible. <laughs> so I'm checking my voicemail messages and and I and I hit play on one of them and all of a sudden I hear, hey man, yeah, it's Captain Whammo. And I was like, <gasps> and it was really Captain Whammo. And he's like, I understand you've been doing an imitation of me on your show, man. Yeah. Oh boy. And I was like, oh my God. And he's like, my mom listens to your show. Because his mom lived here in Chicago. <laughs> I just love that my mom listens. Yeah. My mom listens to your show, man. You know, and, and he was down in Florida. He had moved down to Florida. And he found God mm-hmm. and stuff. So good for him. He did that. And he was like 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 a lot of like a lot of people do. He found he found the Lord. Good for him. And so mm-hmm. he went down to Florida to spend time with the Lord, which is what you do when you go to Florida because you're close to death. Of so course. You go down to Florida to spend time with the Lord, and that's what Captain Whammo was doing. Um, 
And he's like, yeah, my mom listens to your show, man. And so he left a phone number. So I called him back. I said, hey, would you do my show? He's like, yeah. And so I had Captain Whammo on the show. Nice. And I fucking was freaking out. And I'm like, did I can't you did you do the the imitation he, to he him? He made me. He made me. He's like, I you mean, gotta, yeah. he he's like, you to gotta do it. it. And I was like, no, I can't. I'm not gonna do it, man. He's like, well, yeah, I'm gonna hang up. Uh, Captain Whammo's gonna <laughs> hang up. And I go, you can't hang up. You're on the Whammo line. He's like, man, do it. On so the I did, what? Uh, and so I did it. And I was like, hey, Captain Whammo on the Whammo line. He's like, that's pretty good, Nikki. <laughs> so anyway uh not he did morning zoo stuff but at night you know what i mean but he was mm-hmm. cut he was cut from that same you don't call yourself captain whammo and not be influenced by you know Cap, right. by morning zoo you know what i mean you yeah know, you're not gonna do like extension 720 this is extension 720 with captain whammo yeah you know yeah we're gonna, we're gonna have an intelligent discussion captain between whammo. we're gonna have an intelligent discussion <laughs> between dis- republicans and democrats on extension 720 with captain whammo yeah, yeah man. could you imagine captain yeah. whammo hosting extension 720 i'd be like you're on the whammo line <laughs> what's your stance <laughs> yeah man we got joe biden joe biden's on the whammo line right now man yeah <laughs> Yeah, we're going to crank call Joe Biden, man. We're going to fart into the phone and say, why doesn't your vice president pronounce her name correctly? Yeah, you know, like that. And that's how and that's how they would get. They'd be like, what? They'd get called into the office like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) What? I called Joe Biden, didn't I? (laughs) But you can't. We're going to sue. These are going to sue the station. But I'm getting ratings. Yeah. But then you farted into the phone. That was uh, <laughs> you farted in, Bi- in Biden's face. You can't fart what in Biden's we had in face. Mind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, getting called into the office. Oh man, <laughs> because you called up Biden. Oh God! And farted into a phone. Oh God! That's you the know, keyword farted, into, farted a into, phone. into a phone. Yeah, man. You you, you you tell your vice president to pronounce her name right. Yeah, <laughs> you know. That's, like that was a joke on uh, on uh, on Seth's show the other night on Seth Meyers show because mm-hmm. uh, it was a- apparently um, just to see what's happening on the other side. Kamala Harris watches Fox News, you know, mm-hmm. to see to see what's going on. And the joke was Seth Seth Meyers said the joke was that uh, reports say that Kamala Harris is uh, watches uh, Fox News uh, regularly. Uh, and that's that's how she found out that she's pronouncing her name wrong, <laughs> <laughs> which is a great joke because it it makes me crazy when when people mispronounce her name. It may, and they do it on purpose. They totally oh, yeah, do sure. it on purpose, and it pisses me off every time I hear it. Uh, it drives me absolutely batshit crazy uh, when people do that. But and they do it on purpose, and they do it on Fox. All these idiot right wingers will not pronounce her name the way that she pronounces her name. It's bullshit. But anyway. All right, that's I'm I'm now I'm now I'm now going off on a tangent that I don't want to go on to. But anyway, but yeah, man, morning zoos. Yeah, man. Maybe maybe uh, we can we can call Usher and tell him a good what a good job he did at the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, we can call him up. Yeah, Scanning man. all them tickets. Yeah, hey Toad, call up Usher and tell him he ushed well. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, how did we get onto this? To- toads and frogs. Is that how it happened? Because of the difference um, between. Because <laughs> why did I don't know. why did we talk about frogs? How did we get to frogs and toads? <laughs> uh, 
could well, not tell you. Oh, well, I don't know. No, because was it was it? Did we start talking about morning zoos before frogs and toad? Uh, what? How did it? How did we get? To- <laughs> oh, I know what it was. Oh, I know. I got it. I oh. got it, Esmeralda. I got it. Yeah. We were talking about how great the commercials were uh, this weekend. Oh, right, 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 right. And right. remember, we were talking about how great that one Budweiser commercial was with the right. toads. And those were toads. Those were toads. That's how that's how we can trace it okay. back. That's how we just blew the last 20 minutes, Esmeralda. Was t- yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. We were recapping how great the Super Bowl was. Wasn't it great? Yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> Someone won. So did that's, not believe it. That's right. I can't believe the did winning not. team. They were I great. Didn't, I didn't think they would win. I didn't Ooh. either. And then, but you know, Taylor Swift did that thing, and Usher did the other thing, and then – Oh, it was just incredible. And uh, so there you go. But that's how we got there. And then ended up talking about Morning Zoo. Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? As long as all conversations lead to Captain Whammo, they're good conversations. (laughs) So anyway. All right. We will do um, celebrities that everybody hates uh, the next time. But we have two more more (laughs) snacks. Talking too much about toads. We, t- we completely blew everything. We talked about toads for a half an hour, which is fine. <laughs> which got us into morning zoos. Which got, but great stories about you working for Johnny and some great stories about yeah. radio. So that was, fun. Which, that was fun. You know what? Now you know the difference between a frog and a toad. That's that's ultimately that. Yes, that's ultimately the thing. All right. It's, hey, anytime you listen to the Nick D podcast, you learn something. That's right. Yeah, you learn things. Yeah. All right. Well, we have to finish off our tour of Poland. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And uh, that is our tour from Universal Yums. Uh, our thanks again to uh, for Deanna, to Deanna for um, uh, for for signing us up for this. And by the way, uh, I really have to keep an eye on packages now because look, here here's something that's interesting. Uh, I went down to check my mail in my apartment yesterday in building, and all of our mailboxes were open, and mail was stolen. Oh no! Yeah, like all the mail was like all of our mailboxes were wide open, and I have a key. I have a lock on my mailbox. For some reason, all of them were open, and all the mail was stuffed into one mailbox. And one of my mm. envelopes had been ripped open, and the contents were taken. Oof! Yeah, that's not good. So yeah, so uh, I'm 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 pretty sure that something that says "Universal Yums" that's sitting in my hallway will be stolen by some asshole. But anyway. Oh no! Uh, that's very it's very uh, fun looking. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. So anyway, we've got two more here from Poland that we're going to check out. And which one do you want to do? We have an espresso cream dark chocolate bar, and we have the uh, the gingerbread, the cocoa glazed gingerbread sticks. Which one would you like to do first? These are our last two snacks. Uh, let's do the, the cocoa, the gingerbread sticks. Okay, let's do the gingerbread sticks. So this is Bezkitskitski gingerbread sticks with a cocoa glaze. The holidays aren't over just yet. We've got one more Polish tradition to squeeze in, but it's not one where Poles prepare a whopping 12 dishes for Christmas, each representing one of Jesus' disciples, or the one where they eat carp for good luck. Mm. It's the one where they eat gingerbread. So this is... Oh, so then this is seasonal. This one is. I think the other one that we had last episode is regular. <laughs> this one's right. seasonal. This one's seasonal. This seasonal gingerbread. So it's a gingerbread stick with a cocoa glaze that people will enjoy yeah. during the holidays. Okay, are we ready? So these look like these look like pocky sticks if you've ever had yes, those. They do. Um Yes. But then on the on the um on the box there is a picture of cinnamon and star anise. Yeah. I didn't know that went into gingerbread. I guess it does. 
Okay, are we ready to try it? Mm-hmm. Well, these are nice. Mm. Oh yeah, these nice. are very gingerbready. Mm-hmm. And these the glaze, nice. the, the cocoa glaze is really good. Mm -hmm. I like it. I like it very much. Yeah, these are lovely. They're lovely, and again, like that bar that we had, would really go good with coffee or tea. Oh yeah. Oh, very For good. Sure. Very tasty. All right. Hmm. All right. So yes, a thumbs up. For the mm -hmm. cocoa glazed gingerbread sticks. Um, spiced Polish biscuit sticks dipped in chocolate. Very tasty. All right. Very nice. Well, those are some big shoes to follow here. So now we have E. Waddell. That's the company. W-E-D-E-L. E period. Waddell. That's the company. Woo! And it's espresso cream dark chocolate. Fueling These Poland since 1683. You're going to get a buzz off of this one. Right, let's try this one. Uh, this legend stuff has is it potent. That soldiers of the Polish uh, Hasburg army first oh, found God. coffee beans in 1683 while liberating Vienna from a Turkish siege. Not knowing their value, they wanted to burn the beans. Luckily, Polish King Jan III Sobieski instead gifted the loot to his officers. One of them used it to, be the, to open the first coffee house in Vienna, and now they use cocoa beans for all kinds of things. So here's espresso, chocolate, Bar. You're gonna get, mm. you're gonna get, the, oh my god, this is mm. strong. Oh, mm. yeah, yeah. Oh, it is strong. Oh my god. Yeah, I could smell just the smell. Mm. I'm giving this to Julie. I'm gonna give the rest of this to Julie. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna, you're gonna. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's very strong. It's good. It's good. It is, but yeah, it's very espresso. Man, it is very espresso. It's it espresso. Is, yeah, it is espresso. It is espresso. Wait, you, if you want to say something, you're gonna. I'm you're gonna scream that. Yeah. Oh my god. Wow. <laughs> wow. Wow. This is not flavor. It's good. Because it says dark chocolate with espresso flavor filling. No, that's espresso. Full on. You're ready to go, aren't you, Esmeralda? You're ready to jump yeah, out this and run is, around. <laughs> well, I just opened it, and you could smell you could, it. Yeah. Like it just, it's, damn. All right. Well, which this do you like strong. better? Do you have a, Do you have a preference, the gingerbread sticks or the espresso uh, bar? Um, I'd I'd like the gingerbread sticks. Me too. Me and then for some reason, I don't. I mean, I'm sure there's a reason behind it, but on the on the front of the chocolate bar, there's a zebra. I know. And a kid. And a small boy. Was yeah. he, is he reading a newspaper or the a The kid book? looks what like he's he? reading a newspaper, and the zebra is laying next to him reading the newspaper reading over his well. shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I don't understand that, but there sure. you go. Yeah, yeah, I don't either. Okay. You know what? I bet you because we live... So in Chicago, I mean, we have a large Polish population. I bet yeah. you, you can find half oh, of yeah. these things. There's no question about it. There's no question about it. You can find a lot of these things. Yeah, you just and, gotta uh, go to the Polish store. And I'm looking at the, the stuff that we that the we the Polish store, you know. The taste te <laughs> the stuff that we taste tested. I gotta say, and I know that you weren't crazy about it. I think my favorite of all the stuff that we taste tested from Poland uh were the uh paprika uh paprika 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 uh okay. uh -huh. peanuts. The peanuts uh coated in paprika. The coated peanuts. I though I think those were my favorite. Those yeah, are those are fine. You know what? I'm not a big peanut fan either. So yeah. okay. And the butter, um, I the, would... the butter and salt potato chips were really good too. 
yeah those yeah. were great um i did enjoy the chocolate covered jelly candy mm-hmm. those were tasty yeah um and the lemon cream cookies were good too yes yeah okay all of it was oh the good. monster munch the monster munch the potato snack those were good too wow yeah so i like the potato yeah i like the savory stuff cool all right, so Poland. It wasn't that much. But. Poland has a lot of good snacks. That's what we've learned here. So, yeah, you know. and we'll get another bad. package. Love, we'll get another package from their, someplace around the world. Yeah, uh, very they soon. love their gingerbread. They certainly that's do. What, that was the big. That's what we learned that. there. No. All right, all right, Esmeralda. Uh, thank you. You rule. That was a blast. And we will get to celebrities that everybody hates at some point. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> we'll do that. Hey, on the next podcast, uh, Eric Children's Steve Procopi are going to join me for movie talk, as we often do. We've got a lot of big movies mm. to talk, including a new Marvel movie with my with my favorite, Dakota Johnson, is in it. Oh. Um, and for all the horny teenagers, that Sydney Sweeney kid is in it, too. For all you horny guys. Oh, yeah, she yeah, is, isn't she? Yeah, yeah, she is. Uh, so my thanks to Dan Feinberg, Talking TV. My thanks to Esmeralda. Thanks to everybody at uh, at Universal Yums for sending some fun snacks from, from uh, Poland, and we'll do that again, too. My thanks to you. If you want to be a sponsor on this podcast, lots of people listen. It'd be good. You got to advertise with us. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Be a part of the podcast in general. Leave a voicemail 24-7-773-417-6948. Email us, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. My thanks to Jason Skaggs for all the music and the sounds and all that cool stuff. Ed and everybody at Radio Misfits, take the time to share, rate, and review us on every platform. Check out our 24-hour streaming service for free content, radiomisfits.live. And check us out next time on the Nick D Podcast. Thanks, everybody. 